Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Well, Scott, the uh, passengers on this flight just could not catch a break. Just when they thought they were in a position to depart, a group of high school students staged a mask rebellion, and as a result, their flight was canceled. It was bad. Firstly, they were yelling, they were cussing, they were being very obnoxious. Malik Banks sat right next to the 30-plus students. At issue, masks. The CDC requires them on all flights because of COVID-19, and the students decided not to wear theirs. It wasn't all of them. I wouldn't say all of them. I'd say 75 to 80 percent of them were being terrible kids, saying smart stuff. All I mean, they had to do was follow the rules, put the mask on, sit there, no smart mouth comments, and they couldn't do it. The net result was the flight was canceled, which means that Christina Randolph gets one less day of vacation. Well, I'm a nurse and it's really, really hard to get time off of work. So when you finally get time off of work, you really want to be somewhere where you want to be. So we sat there waiting for them, waiting for them to literally give us an answer for six hours. I flew from Detroit. I didn't go to sleep last night at all. Not, not, not for a second. I mean, everyone has to follow the rules. Nobody likes it. No one likes to sit around and do this, but you've got to follow the rules. Well, police sources tell us that no one was arrested. Now, American has acknowledged the incident, and those passengers who were stranded were given a hotel voucher. However, those uh, high school students, because they're just 17 and 18 years old, are not old enough to get a room. So if you want to consider this to be punishment, they have to spend the night here in the terminal. Back to you guys. Let me go to uh, Keisha from Georgia. Go ahead, Keisha. About the hey, uh, students and, and the mask on American Airlines. Go ahead. Good morning, Mr. Madison. Boy, you guys are giving me a lot to talk about this morning, but I'm just going to stay focused and talk about American Airlines. With those kids, um, I am a, um, I hate to say retired because I'm still working, but I'm a, a airline alumni and um, and working in the irregular operation is what we've encountered. Um, we don't know if that crew, um, and Sherry can probably attest to this, if the crew was going to time out. Um, for international flights, you have to actually sweep the aircraft, so which does mean deplaning every single person. Um, and as in, with any industry, we are all facing staffing shortages. Um, my mother also retired from the airline, but they've called her back to contract because they're so short-staffed. And so there are just a number of operational factors that could have potentially prevented that plane from taking off, leaving those passengers. And I, this is not my wheelhouse, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, ask Sherry to chime what, in. What the news story quoted was that they took everybody off and there was first a mechanical delay, but then the focus in the story became the behavior of this group of students. So with that being the fact, I, my question is, why didn't they tell that group of students, you are not traveling with us, and go on with the rest of the passengers? That's what I don't understand. The only part, I, don't, I, I think they were right in not carrying them. But that's it. Let everybody else go. Right, but then, but do we know how much more time the crew had available to them? 
Well, the that's what I'm saying. We're just, that. yeah, we're just going by the news story, and we don't know that. And certainly, you're right. That is a factor. Could the, could the, was the time? Yeah, because it was a six-hour delay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we yeah. don't know I, the answer to that. It's a, good, it's a valid question. Yeah, and but I'm going to step said up that. and let you guys. I'm going to step up and let you guys talk. But to the guy who, to the people who keep saying that the rules are the rules. If the rules are the rules, well, then we'd still be sitting at the back of the bus. <laughs> if you want to obey those kind of rules, I'm a civil. I, I I'm I'm a person who participates in civil disobedience. There are good rules, are laws, and then there and and I mean and rules and laws are different. Um, right. But um, um, let me stick stick with these group of students. I yeah. I don't know where the adults were, um, and it's hard for me to imagine that a plane load of and not a plane load, but a, a, and I say that for sake of, of conversation. I think there were thirty of them. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, thirty thirty underage high school students traveling alone. Where and to were, an international destination? Yeah. Where were the adults? Where were the adults to tell those kids to sit your asses down, put those masks on, and shut up? And to the extent that they weren't able to speak to the point, they should not have been traveling. <laughs> I mean, at that point. In time yeah, with let me go to Natalie from Maryland. First time caller to the Madison Show. Go ahead, Natalie. Hi. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to... Um, kind of comment about the the students and taking the story at face value if that flight was actually canceled because of the delay that the students caused first off I would be ready to whip somebody's behind but my my issue is if it's a law to have to wear masks then when you're booking flights you should have to agree to wear the mask and if you are causing delays or certainly cancellations, not only should you be removed, the airline should be able to fine you. And then when you're talking to somebody or somebody's parent about if your kid is, is disruptive, then maybe before they board that plane, somebody will snatch somebody up by the collar and say, act like you have some sense. Yeah. If it, uh, if it were me yeah. on that flight, yeah. and say if I was a long weekend and I missed a day, because yep. of some students, yeah, you guys would see me on the news. <laughs> well, like the nurse. The nurse who said, it is hard to get time off. And I still look forward exactly. to this. Now, a day of my vacation is shock because somebody exactly. won't behave. And with every airline ticket, there's a rules of, there's a contract of carriage that says you will obey. Right. <laughs> you will obey the rules that are set forth or directions that are given to you. But see, I'm I'm that I'm like Natalie. I'm old school. Uh, hey, I'm <laughs> hey. As as Bernie Mac said, there gonna be some furniture moving around here. There's gonna be some furniture moving around this There's gonna be some seat changes made here. I'm telling you. Let's see here. 18 after the hour. Hey, Nicole from Missouri. Uh, go right ahead. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Madison. I wanted to comment on Shakari. Um. I think that she should not be allowed to race. I mean, the rules are the rules. I'm a truck driver. 
I can't smoke weed. I could get pulled, you know, a random could get pulled on me. I mean, and then I'll get fined for it. It's going to go and, on my and, record. And once yeah, you, and, I mean, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And once you are fined, are you allowed by the rules to drive that truck again? After my suspension's over, yes. That's the argument. After the suspension is over. And her suspension is over. That's the point. Oh, well, then again, you guys, it, but, okay. but this is the point. You, 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 you argue against your own argument. You, as you just said, I, I get suspended. Now, once my suspension is over, I get to drive that truck again. Uh, Ian, North Carolina. Go ahead. Hi, Ian. Good morning, Mr. Madison. How are you doing? Okay. Thank uh, you for asking. So, uh, in regards to, well, two comments. Uh, first about Shakari Richardson, and I'm actually on my computer trying to look up, you know, the details of this. I'm wondering um, if the rationale with her not being able to run is because it is a relay team, and um, I'm sure there will have to be some preparation prior to the suspension being lifted. Could that be a possibility behind why she was um, – it was determined not to uh, select her to be part of the relay team? That's a question for you. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I, um, again, the committee has to, has to, uh, has to, answer, has to answer that. I suspect, and again, I'm thinking out loud. They they had a they may have had a team. They did okay. We're looking at it now. So they had a team. So that means somebody would now have to be removed from that team to give her an opportunity to participate, and she would probably run the last leg because she's the fastest. Now, then somebody might argue, doesn't the Olympic Committee have the responsibility of putting the fastest team on the track? And that's where the, 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 the complexity of this situation comes yes. in. Uh, because, you know, I, I can see it both ways, first of all. Um, it is utterly ridiculous that uh, she has been disqualified. That being said, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of what is um, equal treatment as opposed to equitable treatment, well, the argument can be made that the other young ladies uh, did what they were supposed to do, so to speak, and they should not be Yes, qualified. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what, that they, and that's, that, that's a very interesting position you've taken why, and again, I'm thinking out loud, would you be punishing the young lady or whoever it is who has to be removed? She didn't break any laws, um, and you're going to remove her. Now, so let me put this scenario out. What if one of them 
volunteers to say, you know what? Take me out and give her my place. Then what should the Olympic Committee do? Boy, that is a quandary right there. Uh, <laughs> that you know, that, that would be that, is, that, that is would be interesting. That would be what interesting. Should, yeah. What they should do and what they will do are two totally different things, I suspect. Um, and and let us let problems. you know, let yeah, and let's be quite honest. The Olympic Committee's history when it comes to things like this is terrible. I mean, I go all the way I mean, I go back to I mean, their their history, you know, they're really conservative, and I don't mean politically conservative, but a very conservative group of people. They don't like interruptions. They, they, you know, they, they, they're they're just conservative. And And that's um, critical. That's right. Now, you know what is also interesting? I've got nine phone lines here. Now, this is interesting, and and I'm going to give you all a little insight on talk radio. Not one call about the Republicans voting against money for their state, for infrastructure and other things, and Mitch McConnell's state getting $4 billion. Not one call, not one call from a teacher uh, about wearing body cameras or a camera in the classroom spying on what teachers are teaching. Um, Every call is about Shakari Richardson. Now, why is that? And, and, And by the way, 500,000 folks have signed a petition to reinstate her in the Olympics. And obviously the Olympic Committee isn't moved by that, at least not yet. This is, this, it just, it always fascinates me about how people use talk radio. And what and and how they talk about things, or let me put it this way. I would rather, but I I can't do anything because I got to take the calls. I would rather listen to people who want to figure out how do we jack up the Republican Party, how do we jack up the, the you know and and get the this legislation moving that impacts all of us because I'll say this and yes it's it's critical it's a I'm critically speaking we can't do a damn thing about uh Miss Richardson and none of us are going to be running most of us aren't even going to Tokyo <laughs> we'll watch it but I'm, I I I it, 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 this is the bane of my existence when it comes to talk radio cuz this is why I always say I want to be radioactive 28 after so uh i got one call about the haitian i got a haitian american calling so thank you i've got a caller from florida who is a haitian american joseph you're on with madison here on sirius xm urban view 
Uh, good morning, Joe, and good morning to your staff. Good morning. Uh, I just heard about the news on your show as I was driving into work, and it's time to light surreal and crazy. But I just wanted to touch on what your previous caller said, who said he lived in Miami previously. Yeah, Haiti has had dictators, but um, this current president was not a dictator. Um, it was unfortunate what just happened because like, I think it's like the first time I've ever heard that happen in history. But he was elected, I believe, in 2016, and there was political unrest in his first term, so he did not serve 2016. So all he was simply stating is because that Haitian president served like five-year terms that he was saying that, hey, I didn't get to serve out my first year. This is my last year. I want to stick it out and try to, you know, recoup that first year. And there was a lot of political unrest and disagreement between the two political parties. And uh, there's a lot of anti-president um, protests and stuff like that. So it's a big clusterfuck over there. And um, unfortunately, I've been born and raised in America, but I've seen it from both sides as a U.S. citizen, as a Haitian descendant. The U.S. plays a lot into the um, political unrest of Haiti. And a lot of callers, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there that they don't know that Haiti was the first independent black republic and a lot of things in the United States. No, a lot. No, hey, slow down. Hey, uh, this audience knows that. Um, Okay, but uh, they they, they know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the because of that, certain things would not be possible because of Haiti. Like, had we had not gotten our independence, the Louisiana Purchase wouldn't have happened. We so know that. Joseph, Joseph, and, uh, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. I'm telling you, I got it. We this audience, this is this audience is very much aware of that. I, so I, I I understand that, and and you know, and Jefferson purchased Haiti on. For you know, pennies on the dollar, and and absolutely, and Napoleon got his ass kicked in the slave revolt. We we got that. The what what I'm trying, what the part I'm really interested in, is is fast forwarding to the news, and we're going to get a lot of in- conflicting news stories because the first news story was, and it depends on who's telling writing the the report that they didn't say he was a dictator. They said he was becoming a dictator. Uh, Now, your position, you you know, what you shared with us uh, was was interesting, that he didn't get to, because of political unrest, he didn't get to serve out his first term. And so, all right, I got that, Joseph. Let me, Joseph, let me put a question out here. Because I obviously got somebody who knows what they're talking about to a degree. So why didn't he serve his first term? uh, It was just political unrest because one of the things that I noticed as being a Haitian is kind of like, you know, like the saying, what, what does a dog do when he catches the car? They don't. They kind of go, hey, this is our guy. But then when they get the guy, the result they don't really give him time to give his results or what he promised. So they kind of flip the script on him. And it was like when he won, he was very popular. He because he was a um, farmer, an agricultural guy who made his money in um, farming. And he was like, oh, I'm gonna you know give people jobs, feed the poor, and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. people were swept up by his um, charismatic um, personality. But then mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of waned a bit. And then. They kind of, like, got soured, and they're like, hey, man, where are the promises that you promised us? And, like, where every president, it always happens. Like, hey, we're excited, but then we kind of get this. I understand. Now, who do you think, and and, and then I have to, uh, who do you think 
is behind, or what, who do you think is behind the assassination? Uh, my first inkling is gangs, because we have a lot of gangs and a lot of guns down there. But the number one question that always fails to get asked, um, asked is, where are these guns coming from? Because if we're supposedly a poor country or one of the poorest countries in our hemisphere, where are we getting the money for these guns? These guns are just... Like, I saw a WhatsApp video a few days ago. The police or the National Security Association recouped a whole bunch of guns, like, and phones and money from, like, local gang members. Where are they getting these weapons from? And that's the question that always remains to get answered because, you know, the powers that be are always, you know, filling their fingers and not trying to let us guide ourselves and get to our dis, um, predetermined destination yeah. as they do with most countries and stuff like that and it creates a vacuum for power and all these insecurities that's why we have a lot of the trouble that we have in haiti because haiti is yeah. uh, oh, hold on hold on hold on you, you know i'm getting i so so you think that the that they're but somebody is is are the are the gang members and and you know I've spent uh, time in Haiti. We actually did a after the uh, earthquake. We we spent a week in Haiti, going from town and township to township. Uh, and I certainly don't know as much as you do. Um, I mean, I'm not. I, I, wait, this is what I just can I? God, people, Joseph, please let me let me run my show, okay? I have questions, and they're legitimate. Are these gangs politically affiliated? Well, um, from what I understand, yes. Like, there have even been rumblings that this president had gangs under his belt, previous presidents and all this stuff. And okay, even the stop. And I got you. I got you. So, so see, on, on one hand, I got to recognize I may be talking to a political person, too, because you're saying... Oh, this guy was really cool, but he had gangs. So, you uh, you know, uh, oh, okay, Sherry, you had a question. Then I got to move, move on. I mean, which this is very be, informative. Don't yeah, get me which wrong. which wouldn't be a surprise at both of sure. them. Sure. But qu- my question is this. You said he was not able to serve out his term. Was he actually run from office? And if so, who took his place? Or is that a figure of he speech? He wasn't. No, he wasn't. He wasn't at, because of the political ruckus that when he got elected he wasn't able from what joseph is saying correct me if i'm wrong joseph he wasn't allowed to serve his first year at all okay and so and so, so what, the previous president continued on yeah what happened did the previous that's yeah that's a good question did the previous president stay in power I don't remember correctly if the previous president stayed in power, but there was a, um, there was like a, I think the prime minister or someone else was holding the position until he, um, ah, like, okay. everything closed down. All right, got you. Thanks for your input. Your uh, input. Forty-two after. I have to take a break. Over time. One eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. And this is, by the way, this is another. Uh, piece that's fallen on the plate of the Biden administration. So the question now is, what does the State Department uh, do? And I thank you for the call. Um, as you can see, there's it's it's a 
uh, it, it's a complicated, uh, Haiti has always been complicated, and Joseph's absolutely right. I mean, Haiti has been uh, punished <laughs> ever since the slave revolt. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.